This episode of Pet Resource Radio is sponsored by Hills. At Hills, their decades of science and research guide the company in creating nutrition that's a step ahead so pets and pet parents can enjoy every day together. As the U.S.'s number one veterinarian recommended pet food brand, knowledge is Hills' first ingredient. With 220-plus veterinarians, Ph.D. nutritionists, and food scientists working to develop breakthrough innovations in pet health. Hills Prescription Diet, Therapeutic Nutrition, plus the company's everyday foods, Hills Science Diet, Hills Healthy Advantage, and Hills Bioactive Recipe are sold at vet clinics and pet specialty retailers worldwide. For more information about Hills, their products, or their forward-thinking approach to nutrition, visit them at hillspet.com or hillsvet.com or connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Pet Resource Radio is brought to you by La Mega KC, Kansas City's Spanish radio station. Listen online or at 100.5 FM. We're also sponsored by our friends at 1KC Radio. Listen at 100.1 in the KC Metro or online at 1kcradio.org. We've got cat behaviorist Dr. Rachel Geller back on the show to talk to us about how cats play and why it's important. That and more on this episode of Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Dave Shapiro. Oh, wait, where's the other person? I'm here by myself. Oh, it's just me this week. Uh, Sierra is not here this week, and I am here this week. So guess who's flying solo? Um, You know, actually, I'm all by myself in the communications department here this week so far. Um, I think I'll be seeing Scott later on today. It's just how it goes. You have a holiday weekend. Uh, life happens. People get sick. People stay home. You know, um, summertime. Summertime. So we are coming to you. We being a you know a general collective noun. You know the show. Not I'm not multiple people. We're coming to you from the headquarters of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. We're a nonprofit whose goal is to keep pets and people together through supportive services. This is an episode I'm excited about. Uh, We're going to be talking about cats, which I always like. And we're going to be talking about how they play, which I also like. Uh, So it's just, it's a win-win for me. I hope it's a win-win for you. We're going to talk to Dr. Geller here in a moment. But first, some pet news. So a one-year-old fox red lab named Newt in Rhode Island is helping the Roger Williams Park Zoo with their turtle conservation efforts by, what else, using that sniffer of his to locate them in areas humans can't. Originally trained to find a specific species of toad, it wasn't too much of a problem for him to switch over to turtles, and now he's part of a six-week study to help see whether dogs can help with turtle conservation research. The study is designed to see if dogs can locate turtles more easily than a team of humans doing a visual survey of the landscape. And judging by what they've seen so far, they might have a winner none too soon as turtle populations continue to decrease in the area. Researchers are hoping to glean more information about the movement and habitat use in order to aid their conservation efforts. Uh, I think this is pretty fantastic. Um, I say that probably about every story that we do, but I really mean it this time. Um, And I don't think it's any surprise that a dog's uh, nose would would be better than – you know, a bunch of uh, nerdy scientists roving a landscape looking for turtles. That's 
me personally, that's that's my take on it. Maybe you're a nerdy scientist. You feel differently. You know, write in. Let me know. I tell you what, folks, let's go talk to Dr. Rachel Geller about playing with your cat. Now, if you're a longtime listener to the show, you've heard from our guest today on a previous episode where we touched on the general ins and outs of cat behavior, but now we've got her back to talk about why and how to play with your cat. She's a cat behaviorist and the author of the book, Saving the World One Cat at a Time, Dr. Rachel Geller. Welcome to the Two Timers Club. Good to talk to you. It's wonderful to be back here, and I'm so delighted to be able to answer more of your cat behavior questions. Yes, people really loved the last time you were on, so we're excited to have you back. All right, so we're talking about cats playing today. Now, now, why is play important for cats? Play is very important for a cat because cats are natural-born hunters. And even though there are thousands of years separating, you know, cats from many years ago and domesticated cats that we have now, probably the one thing that they still have in common is that desire to hunt. So we must provide these stimulating opportunities for a cat to pounce, to chase, to stalk, and to be able to catch and kill and eat the prey. And when we do this, your cat will release tension, release anxiety, will feel brave and confident, and will have that wonderful feeling of being a successful hunter. Right. Now... What if you have a cat that doesn't seem to want to play? Are there cats that really don't care or is it that, you know, maybe you're not using the right type of play style? I do hear this all the time. Oh, my cat doesn't like to play. My cat's lazy. My cat's fat and so forth. But the most important thing is to remember is a play is supposed to resemble a hunt and all cats if they were living outside, no matter their age or their weight, would want to survive and would hunt to find their prey and then eat their prey. So pretty much every cat really does want to play. But just like people, they all have their styles and they all have their preferences. Some cats like things that slither along the floor. Other cats like things that are sometimes high and sometimes low. Still, others may prefer just a ribbon of fleece, but we really have to find out what that cat's preferences are, and then um, once the cat is finds that appealing, can really tap into that hunting sequence. But I also find a lot of people have inadvertently taught their cats that they just can't be trusted to complete mm. the hunt. Sequence. They don't wait long enough. They give up too soon. They assume that if a cat is just sitting there, maybe he's not interested. But the truth is, he might be in the middle of a hunting sequence. The cat might be sizing it up and deciding what he's going to do or really wants to make sure that pounce is going to be most effective. So be patient and move the toy in a way that really resembles how prey would act mm-hmm. and then go forward with the game. Right. What I've found, we, my, uh, my partner works at a cat clinic and they've found most cats will, there's a, there's a, a very long fishing pole type toy called the bird. Uh, 
mm-hmm. and uh, that it just works wonders. And even our cat, you know, we took one home and our cat squeaks, who's, who's not, you know, she'll chase things sometimes, but she generally isn't into that kind of play style was just all about it. Um, and it, it does a very good job of you know, mimicking prey in the way that it's wrapped and the way that it kind of moves along the floor. If you drag it, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was really good. Uh, uh, it's, and it's, it's, it was nice to get the squeak seat needs a little exercise. It was nice to get her. Going. Yes. So. yes. Exercise is good. Stimulation is good. And the, I think the most important thing for people to remember is to really move the toy like prey. Right. Sometimes I'll see people dangle the toy like right in, right in front of the cat's face. Well, unless your prey is suicidal, that is not going to be very realistic for the cat. So, you know, don't move it too wildly about. Think about how prey would act. And prey is going to run away from your cat, not... Right toward your cat. And like you just said, find out what your cat likes. Pay attention. Some like to hunt prey that's low. Others get excited when the prey is hiding. Others get excited when the toy might be slithering around the furniture. Mm-hmm. So really think about, you know, your cat's particular style and, and go with that. But, you know, give it time. Give it a little bit of time and patience for your cat to kind of get lost into that initial hunting sequence. Now, is it is it important to switch up toys regularly? Very much so, because if you use the same toy too often, it becomes dead prey to the cat. So it's no longer enticing. He's kind of like, okay, been there, done that. I've already captured and killed this prey. So you do really want to rotate your toys and, you know, put away... Some of the toys you aren't using, you know, really away. So the cat's not going to go over and sniff it. Like st- stick them in a closet or cabinet and then rotate out some other toys. And you can you can rotate around the same toys. You don't have to keep going to the store and, um, you know, buying the same toys over and over again. But think about, it's almost like people are thinking like listening to the radio and if a song is really popular, you liked it at first, but you hear it over and over and over again, right. and you get a little bit sick of it. Yep. And then like a year later, you hear the song again, and you think, oh, that was a good song. I missed that song. So kind of think about it in that way, that even if the cat is really enjoying the toy, after a while, it's, it's just seen as dead prey. It's no longer appealing and no longer enticing. So have, have kind of an arsenal of toys that you're going to rotate in and out. Yeah. 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 We have a, a pretty solid rotation at my house uh, just to kind of keep things moving. And and also Tanar likes to knock them under one of the doors that goes to like where the furnace is. So uh, we lose a lot. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Sometimes when I get in a, into the um, cleaning mode and I'm looking under all of my furniture, I'm thinking, Oh, that's where all the little toys right. ended up. Yeah, oh, we, yes. yeah, yeah. We moved the dresser the other day to to do some cleaning, and it was like, oh wow, there's a whole stockpile of toys here. Yes, yes. But it was good because then we could reintroduce them, and it was fine. Right. Then it's fun all over again. Right. So, what things shouldn't be used as toys? So two things immediately come to mind. Mm-hmm. Number one is your hands or fingers. And number two would be laser pointers. Okay. So, you know, if you sometimes when you have a kitten and, you know, they're teeny tiny, their mouths are small. So 
I see people kind of strum their fingers or use their fingers and hands to play when their cat is a kitten. Mm-hmm. But you are teaching your cat that flesh is an okay toy and that, yep. that it is acceptable to bite humans. So you don't want to do that because as that kitten gets older and becomes a cat, um, biting you as a form of satisfying and rewarding play is no longer going to be quite as acceptable. Right. And the other thing that I really, really dislike is using laser pointers for toys. Mm. Um, actually, they were developed to be used for PowerPoint presentations in the office, and that is where they should stay. Right. So your poor cat is on this futile chase pointlessly trying to catch that little red dot that can never, ever be captured. So all of that pouncing and figuring out where the prey is going to go next is completely frustrating to the cat because she goes and pounces, but there's nothing there between her paws or in her mouth. So it's very frustrating to cats. Right. So is it it important to provide some sort of incentive at the, at the end of the treat or end of the, uh, the, the hunt, um, like a treat or something like that? Yes. It's very important to end every single play and in quotes hunting session with a small treat or food. So cats do expect to catch and kill and they want to be able to eat their prey. So, That cat wants to be able to stalk the prey, pounce on the prey, bite it, kill it, and finally, that cat wants to eat that prey. This is very rewarding and satisfying for your cat, and it's also realistic. I mean, when the cat has a hunt, the cat really does want to be able to feel very proud and accomplished and and rewarded by having that final capture of the prey dying. So I do find it's really important for people to, again, think about how prey would act in a play session. So, you know, this cat is going after this prey for 10 or 15 minutes. The prey is going to start getting very tired. The prey might be getting injured because he's gotten it a couple of times but hasn't been able to fulfill the whole idea of killing the prey Mm -hmm. but eventually that prey should die and you can mimic that with the fishing pole type toy and really let your cat have that one last final super duper juicy (laughs) capture let him hold it let him rip it apart let him bite it and then immediately follow this with food so right it's so important you know if you don't provide food at the end of the play, at the end of the hunting sequence, many cats are still left rubbed up rather than calmed down. And these are the cats who might go and bite an ankle or go after another companion cat right. in the household. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's the only form of stimulation and capturing the prey is your ankles as you walk by your cat. <laughs> well, that's what it's going to go for. Right. Okay, so the last couple of things I want to talk about are just a, a couple of questions, uh, something that I read and something that I've observed, and I'm curious as to your take on them. Um, so I, I read last week or two weeks ago maybe that cats leaping to get a toy is actually a last-ditch effort for them and, and maybe not always the best way to play. Can you speak on that? 
Yeah, so there are really some cats who um, don't enjoy leaping into the air. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is true that for many cats, that leaping is, kind of, yes, as you said, that, that last great effort to try to get a catch. Because typically cats don't jump. When they hunt, they don't jump to their prey. Right. Usually cats want to get it to the point that the prey is on the floor. I mean, even cats who enjoy going after birds are going to go after the bird when the bird is on the ground rather than trying to go up in the air to, towards, the, towards the bird. So they really want to be able to stalk their prey mm-hmm. and have that prey in their eyesight before they pounce. And a cat can't really do that, do that if the toy is too high. But, you know, if your cat's getting frustrated and this is the way you're playing, yes, the cat may make that, as you said, last-ditch effort at a catch, but it's not going to be the most satisfying, fun, and rewarding thing for your cat. Okay. Um, so now the, the last thing is um – about it's this cat mama who is one of the clinic cats at my partner's job. Um, she absolutely demands to have videos of prey shown to her. She will co-opt one of the computers during the day sometimes mm-hmm. because she just really, really wants it. And she will watch for hours. Now, is this bad for her? Is it teasing her with something she can't have? Or is it a form of enrichment? So my answer to this is, there's always one in every crowd. Um, <laughs> and there, there is an exception to every rule. Sure. So people will come to me and say, just what you're saying, but my cat loves watching the iPad or I put, put movies on my TV and my cat seems to love it. Right. Well, so in addition, if you're providing other enrichment opportunities for your cat, this is fine. But, you know, more importantly, if your cat isn't exhibiting any other negative behavior issues, you know, the cat's not over-grooming out of this anxiety from not being able to release the attention that you get through a capture, the cat seems well-adjusted, the cat is purring, the cat is coming to you, eating, using the litter box, not attacking, you know, and so forth. If if the cat is generally okay, I'm I'm not worried about it. And, you know, just like people, right, you know, there are these rules that sort of most people seem to follow, but you always get that one mm-hmm. um, outlier who yep. may not go with the groove, but, you know, that person seems totally fine. So same, I would say the same thing for this cat. Mama, if she's happy and she enjoys it, it to the point that she'll try to get a computer to her own, mm-hmm. then this is something this cat has um developed as a fun thing to do. And like I said, as long as everything else in her life is okay, I'm fine with it. But, you know, I work more with the people who's, who's the only, you know, their, their cats are doing this, but nothing else. But more importantly, the cat is attacking a companion cat or attacking right. a dog or attacking the people. Clearly and getting we wound up it. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you. That's that. Cut that off my mind. Mama's definitely a little weirdo cat. Um, so <laughs> it makes sense that she would do something that's maybe a little out of the ordinary. Um, yes. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show again today. It was fantastic to have you. I always love talking about cats and especially with you. Thank you very much. I always enjoy talking about cats too. So feel free to reach out anytime. Absolutely. 
So you've got a dog. Let's just theorize. And your dog goes outside sometimes. So you buy them a dog house. Why? Because you want them to be sheltered from the elements. Plus, if your dog spends any time in the yard here in Casey Mo, it's the law that they have to have adequate shelter. Over time, as the seasons go by, the dog house starts to wear down. That's why July is dog house repair month. Glamorous? No. Important? You know it. The whole point of a doghouse is to protect from the elements. So that's what you want to do first. Check the roof and walls for leaks or areas where your dog may have chewed on the wood. And when you're replacing those spots, make sure no nails are sticking through because, well, you know, that's dangerous. While we're fixing things up, why not make it a little more comfy? Putting a pallet underneath can help regulate the temperature of a doghouse better. It's summer now, so making sure the doghouse is in the shadiest area possible is important to help keep them as cool as possible. Uh, you can also add some extra ventilation, but just make sure that it can be open and closed to protect from the rain and wind. In the winter or rainy times of year, uh, putting the doghouse in an area with a lot of light and putting vinyl flaps on the opening can help keep your pup dry and happy. Now, if you bought your doghouse when your pup was younger and smaller, you might consider trading up for a bigger one that accommodates them better. Uh, they should be able to stand up, turn around, and stretch comfortably. Too big and a doghouse doesn't insulate well enough during the cold. Too small and it's no fun to be in. Of course, dogs should be let indoors whenever possible, but it's important to make sure that whatever shelter they have in the yard will do the trick. And now we say goodbye to you, friends. Thanks again to Dr. Rachel Geller for stopping by. If you want to learn more about her, you can head to Dr. Rachel Cat Behavior. That's D-R Rachel catbehavior.com and check out her book, Saving the World, One Cat at a Time. As for us, we're a nonprofit whose goal is to keep pets and people together and you can help. Just go to prckc.org and you can donate, volunteer, shop our online store and more. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting app, please rate us and leave us a review so that we can develop the cult-like following we so richly deserve for all the latest news. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at PRR Podcast on both platforms. So tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as Fran Leibowitz said, no animal should ever jump on the dining room furniture unless absolutely certain that he can hold his own in the conversation. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, written and hosted by Sierra Howe and David Shapiro, recorded, edited, mixed, and mastered by Dave Shapiro, music by Hazel Rob Musical Industries, who looks an awful lot like me. More info at soundcloud.com slash Musical Industries. Thank you.